This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin as we get you caught up on um, a really busy week of uh, sports. Uh, um, the amount of sports has kind of uh, slowed down now. Obviously, we are uh, into the official last possible week of the winter season. So um, we've only got boys basketball and the IHSA, and then obviously we got state hockey, and we've got uh, uh, spring sports uh, getting underway on Monday. So uh, we are kind of in the transition time, but that doesn't mean that we don't have anything to talk about because uh, New Trier boys basketball is obviously going to state. So um, we're going to get you your full coverage here of that as well as some playoff hockey. So in the first quarter, we're going to recap both Nutrier's sectional final win and super sectional win. Um, we'll talk some hockey as well. We'll get some football in here as well um, as we had some uh, CSL South news um, come down the wire on Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, so we'll chat about that in the first quarter. In the second quarter, we're joined by Nutrier boys basketball head coach Scott Fricky. In the third quarter, we play away or no way our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we get you all ready for uh, state as we got some state previews going on. And we'll preview a little bit of hockey. Um, we got a, a little bit of time with hockey. And then, um, unfortunately, some uh, timing of this podcast. We won't be able to get too much for the other uh, game. But um, we'll talk about that as well in the fourth quarter. But just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out, the Varsity North Shore. Um, give us a nice little review as well and spread the word. As always, we appreciate everybody's support and uh, kind reviews. All right, let's get started here. First quarter, we got Nutria Boys Basketball. Uh, we were talking about their matchup heading into things um, against uh, GBN. Um, well, first of all, let's start things off. We were wrong. We predicted an easy Rolling Meadows win, and that's not exactly what happened at all. That's um, not what I predicted. What I, I thought you predicted that too. Whatever. I'm. I'm just saying. <laughs> some of us predicted on this podcast that Rolling Meadows. Not naming names. <laughs> I'm not going to say any names. Some people said, but uh, GBN defeated Rolling Meadows, uh, 59 to 58. So it was Nutria and Glenbrook North again um, for the rubber match between those uh, two teams for the sectional final. Um, and Joe would. I mean, we we talked about this GBN team and how scrappy they can be. Um, even without their best player. Um, and you saw that again on Friday um, in a really fun environment on Nutria's Winnetka campus. And um, Nutria able to prevail 47 to 46. Um, GBN getting a last minute shot there that kind of looked like maybe potentially had a chance, but um, Nutria able to hold on and uh, pick up that sectional win and kind of get redemption for last year's team. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just busting your chops. I also thought Rolling Meadows would win, but I didn't say easily. I thought I said, look out <laughs> for, for Glenbrook North. They're still a, a really good team. And, um, you know, it was a one point game in that one. This sectional, um, all four of those games were were pretty remarkable. Um, or I guess three of the games, all all the games were were remarkable. Um, one point, one possession game. So, yeah. And in the championship game, um, Two teams very familiar with each other, and they played like it, just like the GBS Nutria game a couple days earlier. Uh, GBN was extremely physical, and so was Nutria. Nutria usually is uh, low scoring. Um, Nutria, you know, GBN got in Nutria's grill early and often, um, and Nutria failed to respond early. They had one point in the <laughs> in the first quarter. I laugh at that because. After the game, I was talking to Jake Fegan, and he said, how many points did we score in the first? Like, he really wondered. And, like, four people around him were like, one. <laughs> Everyone knew when you scored just one point in a quarter. Um, but, yeah, so it started out very poorly. Uh, not just missing shots, although that happened, but just completely out of their flow of their offense, forcing some stuff and missed free throws. So, really bad start. And GBN, look, you know, they're a very good team. They beat Rolling Meadows basically twice without one of their top players. Um, and uh, they're rolling with some confidence, and it was a back and forth. And I, I really, it's, it's almost hard to to imagine how Nutria clawed back in. It was really just inching back in. You know, they cut the lead to from thirteen at some point. Then it was down to nine. Then it was down to six. All of a sudden, in the 
fourth quarter, it was a tie ball game. So um, they just inched back into it and just kind of finally got their groove back or their identity, I should say, and what they like to do on offense. And a lot of that was surprise, surprise, Jake Fegan. Although some big shots by Colby Smith in that one, um, two big threes, I believe, to start the fourth quarter. Uh, maybe, no, it was to start the second half, right? I, I'd have to look at the book. Two big second half threes by Colby Smith um, that really started to get Nutria back in it. And then Jake Fegan really took over in the fourth quarter um, with 12 points. And um, GBN, if I can say, uh, maybe we'll get into this when, when we talk a little more, but with about a six point lead with four or five minutes left, they really slowed down the pace and they really got conservative. I really didn't think I said it at the time to, you know, myself, um, that they were being too conservative. Like they need to attack and at least look for good, good shots at least and get baskets. And it was a stall tactic. It wasn't movement around the court. It was movement near half court, uh, to stall and, and waste time. And, Nutrier kind of, once they figured out, took advantage. They fouled um, because they were in the bonus, and they fouled their worst free throw shooter. So they got the ball back without any damage done. And I think they got too conservative too early, especially because GBN is a very good shot-making team, especially during this stretch. Uh, they were hitting at a very high percentage, and they just didn't get enough shots. For a shot-making team, you got to take your shots. And I feel like they stopped too early, and that really allowed Nutrier uh, to get more possessions down the stretch. So Nutrier obviously get the whole contest was really interesting. I was kind of watching, you know, with a side eye, just uh, watching online. Um, and you know, first of all, the one point in the in the first quarter was crazy, and then um, I mean, GBN just really bullied Nutrier for much of that game. I mean, um, what was it? They held. Uh, um, a, they were able to get a lead as much as thirteen in the game. Um, I think it was nine around halftime, um, and then. Uh, GBN just decided to be conservative. And then it was 46, 46 late in the contest um, with one minute and 19 seconds left. Obviously um, they got Evan Canelos on the free throw line. He made the shot um, and uh, Canelos uh, and the Nutrier obviously was able to, uh, you know, get the win there toward the end with the contested last minute shot. But what, what let's go to the beginning of the game. Just what, what was GBN doing? That was just such a, a, a tear on Nutrier where, I mean, nothing was working. There were constant turnovers, and they were just out of their zone completely from what Nutrier was able to do for much of the season. Yeah, I think it was just that that similar to GBS, but maybe not as physical, but similar style of physical face guarding the shooters um, and really trying to take Jake Fegan out as well as Nutrier out of its entire offense. And uh, it was just successful. And, and Fegan was pumped up, so he was really trying to – get Nutrier started, which led to forcing some shots. And GBN kind of stayed with their plan and, and rebounded those shots. Um, they were fouling, too. Um, I think I think uh, Nutrier got into the bonus, like, right when the second quarter started and got in the double bonus with, like, four minutes left. So they had a ton of free throws. But fortunately for GBN, I think they shot a pretty low percentage on the free throws in the first half. So – just be physical, take uh, Nutria off the ball, off their game. I think that was the big, the the big, uh, the big helper there for for the Spartans. And how big is Fegan? Obviously, scoring twelve, you know, fourth quarter points. I mean, he he's been there. Um, you know, he's been there for a lot of big moments this season. That we've talked about him. Obviously, a lot of different players have helped out and that kind of stuff. But um, I feel like Fegan's got a lot of the attention this season, and he's earned it because of the things that he's been able to do this season. And again, 12 points in the fourth quarter to really help Nutria get back into this game. I mean, you can't really say enough about what, um, you know, like your lead talks about in your story, just how much he doesn't want to lose and um, how much he wants to, you know, help his team win. Yeah, he, and he when he gets in that mode of, um, okay, it's it's, you know, I have to do something here. Uh, I, I want to lead my team that that will to win um, attitude. I mean, he's extremely hard to stop, um, both on on the glass on rebounding. Um, he plays very very good defense. He had a, a big steal late in that fourth quarter. Um, just jumped in a passing lane, and um, anywhere on the court, and all you know, I think he had three free throw, four free throws. 
and his other four buckets were all at the rim. So he had two backdoor cuts um, that he put in, and then his other two were uh, post-ups. You know, late in the game, he just saw that he had a um, a mismatch, called for the ball in the post, and, and got a couple buckets that were just humongous. Um, uh, maybe it was five and, and um, two free throws, actually. But anyway, either way, he just all his buckets were at the rim. And that's big for, for – that's hard for opponents to game plan for. You want to keep the ball out of his hands, but then if he just turns around and backs you into the post, well – that's kind of opposite of what you're stopping. So now you're kind of in a tough position um, with maybe a mismatch in Fegan's favor. And he took advantage of it. Um, and so um, really strong with the ball around the rim um, for a guy who's not the, not going to be the biggest guy down there. If, if they collapse, you know, he's 6'4", he's not 6'7". So, um, yeah, um, extremely strong and, and effective around the hoop. People forget that. So the new cheer picks up that win. They move on over to uh, the super sectional at Hoffman State and now arena. And uh, um, I, I was covering uh, Downers Grove North and Kenwood at the same time. So I was like keeping track, but now, you know, I obviously had my own game to cover, but um, it just seemed like new cheer was in full control of this game. I mean, I, I, from, it was such a drastic, con, you know, game compared to what new cheer had to do earlier in that sectional where, you know, they had to gut out a really tough win against, um, both GBN and GBS in that sectional where um, Nutria prevailed uh, 54 to 48, but in, to, you know, obviously move down to state, but um, it seemed like it was a game where just Nutria controlled the entire game and Libertyville made some runs. But at the end, I mean, the Trevians just really held on and um, really got a late push there. Yeah. It was one of the first questions I asked coach Scott Fricky was kind of just, what was it like playing a team that doesn't know your entire playbook? And um, it was such a relief, he, he, he said, and, and you can check out the story for his full quote, but just that when they would run a play, uh, Libertyville wouldn't be all over it, jumping it, um, you know, premeditating it because they didn't know every single play or when they were going to run every single player or what every player was going to do. And that was basically the games with GBS. It was such a grind, NGBN, such a grind um, in both those contests. This one was a little more free-flowing a little more what you expect from a basketball game, um, an open basketball game um, between two good teams. So, uh, But still the scoring wasn't through the roof because I, I do think um, both teams played pretty good defense. Nutrier's defense is that top level. So um, they've proven that they will hold any team into those 40s um, in, in um, the 40, 40 range, 40 points. Um, <clears throat> so they did kind of control it early. And I think that's because they got some space at the free throw line or at the three point line on the perimeter coming off those screens, running those plays. Vegan hit a couple. Ian Brown hit a couple. Logan Feller, I think, may have hit their first. Not a big shooter, but you got to watch out for him. Kind of an unsung hero in that starting lineup for them. Um, and um, yeah, they just. Uh, and I, if you want to talk about the whole game, I think something that's often overlooked is how they switch between their six foot 10 center, their true center, Tyler Van Gort. And their six foot seven small lineup guy, Ian Brown, who pops out and stretches the floor, right? Well, you combine those guys and they scored, I think, uh, 11 and, and 15, right? Yeah. So 26 points and had 10 boards, a few blocks a piece. And that's, that's a pretty good production from your, from your five spot, basically. So Nutria goes off to a 27 to 16 lead, feeling pretty good at halftime. And then Libertyville obviously is going to make a push at it. I mean, obviously they're trying to get back into it. Uh, it's 33-29 Nutria late in the quarter, in the third quarter, um, you know, getting the full four points. Sorry, yeah, getting within four points there. Um, but it seems like Nutria just had a response for every run that Libertyville had. And what was Nutria able to kind of do there in the fourth quarter to really push uh, the Wildcats away? They're able to get out and run a little bit. Um whether off, you know, long rebounds or uh, steals here or there, turnovers. Uh, but they were able to run and kind of just work the ball around in space um, and get open looks. Ian Brown had had 15 points. Four of them were three-pointers. His three-pointer at the end of the third quarter kind of stemmed a nice run from Liberville. It was huge, um, big-time three-pointer. Um, but other than that, they, you know, they, they'd get in transition and that would just get the Libertyville defense off balance. Um, and then they'd run their sets and, and kind of work through that off balance and Van Gorp would be open um, and finish at the rim or 
um, you know, Fegan um, would, would get to the free throw line, which he did plenty of. And I, in the fourth corner, they hit 13 free throws. And um, you're not going to win if, if the team you're chasing hits 13 free throws in the quarter. What was the reaction like? I mean, obviously, with everything they were able to accomplish, you know, last season, how big of a, you know, how highly touted last season's team was. I mean, what did it kind of mean for a lot of the players who came back and especially for Fricky to come back? I mean, um, you know, Trevians are going back to the state finals for the first time since 2002. Um, that's when they uh, got a fourth place trophy there. Uh, but Joe, what was just the reaction of, you know, the Trevians and the coaching staff of finally being able to get there after, you know, a lot of people expected them to maybe get there last year. I think it was honestly a bit of relief um, because it wasn't, you know, there are a few reasons why one, it wasn't down to the absolute wire like the other two, they yeah. were able, you know, Libertyville kind of started it with only like a minute left, but they subbed in, they put in their subs and that gives the cue to Nutrier to kind of do the same. So I think Nutrier's guys were able to breathe for a, for a minute, their starters, and kind of realize what just happened and try to kind of, um, I guess, uh, the magnitude of what it was and, and give it some thought. Um, but, you know, that's it's a stressful run from the regional to the super sectional. And it doesn't end at state, but you got a few days there, and you've made it to state. So now – it's almost at this point, and maybe when no one expected you to at the beginning of the season, um, you know, you not that you're playing completely with house money, but yeah, a little bit. It's a little bit of gravy here. You've got a state trophy now. It's in your yeah. hand. And you now you just got to fight. You're going to continue to fight for, for first place. But it, you know that you're coming home with it. And you making state is such an accomplishment in, in basketball because it's the final four. Um and that's, I think that that's huge. So I think I felt some relief from, from, from the guys I talked to, which were, I talked to uh, um, Tyler Van Gorp and I talked to coach um, and, you know, he talked about just how stressful the game was because they had a lead from the beginning. And uh, in those high pressure situations, that's hard to hold on to. Um, so you're kind of stressing for a full 32 minutes. Um, and uh, yeah. And they talked, you know, Tyler was telling me um, about how, uh, they lost so much from last year. Um, so in a way they were also playing with this underdog mentality, even though at a certain point we're like, okay, they're the number one sectional seed. They're not really an underdog anymore. Um, but yeah. last year's team was so well publicized and what they were doing and, and the rivalry with GBS and two top five teams that this was kind of like a, a little overlooked team to start the season. So to make the state, I think it was a big goal crossed off their list uh, they got another one now, um, but I think at the beginning of the year, if you said they were going to state, uh, th they, that would have been like close to the mountaintop. Yeah, and they'll have a, a really tough test to start things off on Friday against Bennett. Obviously, we'll talk about that, um, preview it in the fourth quarter, um, and we'll hear from uh, Coach Scott Fricky in the second quarter. So uh, well, uh, basketball coverage will continue here. So let's move on over now to uh, hockey um, we have our state championship uh, matchup set for the girls um, after a, a really strong performance from Loyola taking care of Fenwick quarter two on Sunday. Loyola will take on Barrington. Um, Barrington took care of Nutria pretty uh, easily with a six to one win. Just a, um, a really talented Barrington team so far. I mean, they've won 12 to two in their first matchup and then uh, six to one in their semifinal matchup. So, um, Barrington, obviously, are, are a really strong team so far this season. But, Joe, for the Ramblers uh, to get back to the state title game, which I think will happen next weekend, so not this upcoming weekend, um, that's got to big, a big, that's got to be a big accomplishment for the Ramblers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and we have um, admittedly been behind on hockey. We've been following along, but it's been tough to us to get some games. Um but uh, coming in as I believe um, I could be mixing up with the boys, but uh, was Loyola the three seed out of the 18? Yeah, Loyola Girls was the three seed. Okay, so, um, you know, no guarantee they make it to the finals there. It was kind of in a, a very good 18 girls field here. And you can see by the other side of the bracket, you know, Barrington emerged this year to be uh, the top seed and a very good one that took care of Nutria, which is in, in convincing fashion. So uh, a lot of parity. Um, there this year and and for loyal to come out of it is, is a big is a big victory um and but to overcome barrington is going to be one too i think barrington's got uh, the upper hand on them a couple times this year as well 
For the boys, um, both of our area teams were able to win. Uh, Nutria Green taking care of Carmel pretty easily, uh, five to two win on Saturday, um, and uh, Loyola Gold pulling off the upset with a two to one win over Glenbrook South. Uh, Loyola Gold will play York tonight, Wednesday night at eight p.m. Um, while Nutria Green will play Stevenson um, tonight. Stevens uh, Nutria Green is the number one seed in the bracket. Um, Stevenson is the number four seed, so kind of chalk there. Loyola Gold is the seventh seed in the bracket, and they'll take on York, who is number three there. So uh, the Ramblers, uh, Joe, uh, kind of being as long, uh, kind of the same what the girls were able to do, kind of be, uh, were able to do some spoiler uh, work and uh, get an upset there to uh, advance to the semifinals. Yeah, busting the bracket. Um, and they got to do it again because I think York's the three seed. I think GBS was the two. Um, so now – Loyola Gold got to got to kind of do something similar against a very good York team, but clearly they're capable of doing that. Um, and uh, let's see if they can they can pull it off. And Nutria can run chalk on the north side, on on the upper end of the bracket, and come out to another another fun Loyola Green or Nutria Green Loyola Gold championship game, which we've seen before and is always fun. But um, um, pretty pretty cool win for for Loyola, and uh, they got to keep it going now. Unfortunately. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon, so both games are tonight. So um, tough to to talk too much about it because you'll know by the time this comes out, those games will probably be over. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it maybe later in the podcast. But uh, obviously, congrats to them for me getting this far, and congrats to Nutrier uh, girls team for advancing far. Obviously, uh, I'm sure they obviously would have wanted to advance to the state title game, but getting to the semifinals and having another successful season is nothing uh, to look down upon. So congrats to them as well. All right, to finish things off here in the first quarter, we're going to touch on this a little bit. Um, obviously, Maine South is not in uh, the record North Shore's coverage area per se, but obviously they play against New Trier um, and are obviously a conference rival. Um, so for those at home who didn't know that, IHSA announced on Wednesday that uh, New Trier, or New Trier, uh, Maine South needs to forfeit its 2022 uh, nine wins um, after multiple players who did not live within the school district of Maine South um, played for their team that year. They are also on, um, I think the wording was probation for the 2023-2024 season. Um, so uh, um, kind of surprising news to come out on a Wednesday, especially in March. You don't really, expect, you know, with football, you only really expect to talk about, you know, recruiting and maybe some final schedules kind of coming out and kind of coming together. But um, kind of surprising news, Joe, especially for a, a Maine South program that's been historically really good for the past, I don't know, what, 50, 20, 15 to 20 years um, we don't really know the specifics of how it happened. It was a, it was a joint investigation between the IHSA Maine South and the Maine, uh, township, uh, I think it's 205. Um, like it was kind of like a self-imposed, uh, you know, Hey, we did this wrong. Kids were, uh, living where they were supposed to be living. So, um, kind of a surprising announcement for a program that obviously has had a lot of success over the past two decades. Yeah. You know, the, the, the term that IHSA used self-reporting in their press release, I don't, I, I want clarification on that. Um, if we're, if we'll start at that point, just because in earlier in the press release, it sounds like IHSA received a tip, informed Maine South that they were going to investigate. Then Maine South joined the investigation and basically led the investigation. Uh, the Maine district did and found proof of that tip. And then self-reported. So they only self-reported after being made aware that there could be a problem. So I don't, I don't know if that's technically self-reporting. Um, but either way, um, it sounds like they were completely cooperative and handed over everything, um, you know, that they found with their investigation. And it was, it does say football players, so multiple, but we don't know the number. Uh, we don't know how impactful they were or which district they should have been in, could have been in. How, you know, what method they used, uh, the players or the families used to um enroll in Maine South other than other districts uh did they, did they you know juke paperwork did they just kind of um were they supposed to go to another main school those are specifics we don't know yet and are probably going to come out after some other reporting um but um multiple players on that team were not supposed to be on that team and they 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 won seven games. They they won the conference championship. Uh, they ended Nutrier's season in overtime. Um, it's hard to say that those players probably made an impact in those 
victories in those games and those results. Um, they won two playoff games, so they ended two more team seasons right there. I don't know. Those things matter. They just do matter, and and that's why there are the sanctions. And I, I don't if if we want to uh, you know uh, opine if they're enough or if they're light. I don't I don't know because I have no frame of reference for what the precedent's been has the precedent been set in previous. I'm sure it has none come to mind in recent history. Um, but it's not like losing nine wins really does anything, you know. So, so you're not the, you know, you're the 25th winningest team in all time instead of the 20th. I don't, I don't know how much that does for you. Yeah. You, you, you lose a conference championship and that does matter, but in the grand it, it, scheme of things to the other teams that were affected and to other things and in the future, of your program, what's really the, the effective punishment. I don't know if it's much probation. So if it happens again, yes, you could, lose your status for the football playoffs next year or future seasons. I don't know what they're could have done. Could they have taken away the postseason this year? Maybe. Um, that man, that feels harsh for the kids um, and the program though. Um, but we don't know who was involved and, and how it was involved. So a lot of details. There's a lot of things we can talk about and, and complain about and criticize. But fact of the matter is they use players that weren't supposed to be out there. And, um, they lost their their wins because of it. Yeah, I don't really know what the right answer to is. It kind of it's kind of like you're kind of like caught in the middle, and you're kind of like that's it. Like really, like I, I don't like. There's so many questions with this. Like how many players were involved? Multiple can mean what two, or multiple can mean like twenty. Like you don't know how many players were involved with this kind of stuff. And um, I'm I'm sure the IHSA and the in the school and the school district were, you know, vague on purpose. Obviously, don't want to, um, you know draw any to attention too much to the kids and that kind of stuff where it's kind of hard to like, it's probably not a kid's decision. It's probably parents getting involved in that kind of stuff. So it's kind of hard to kind of, you know, pinpoint all this different stuff, but um, yeah, you're just kind of left in the middle and you're kind of like, all right, yeah, they should be punished, but to what extent? And, you know, does that mean, you know, you punish the kids next year, but like, what does that mean for like, if all the kids that were involved are gone, then why should kids, you know, who weren't involved in the situation at all and did everything right be punished for the future? I, I don't know. It, it does turn into should coaches be, you know, you know, suspended or fired or whatever. That it's a very interesting thing to talk about. But um, yeah, it's kind of surprising news there. And um it affects the future a little bit, I guess. Maybe obviously I doubt that Maine South would even come close to doing anything like this again or even do anything wrong to obviously not risk, you know, losing any playoff games. But um, just a really interesting situation, kind of something you didn't expect to uh, get you in your mailbox on uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, or morning, I should say, in March. Right. Absolutely. And it is hard to believe on its face that someone in a point position of authority didn't know. All of a sudden we have four new kids on the football team. I, right. It seems like so. But at the same time, Districts and programs get transfers all the time. Hey, this this person's family just moved here from two towns over. I mean, or this, you know, this this student's now living with his aunt because of for unforeseen circumstances. That stuff does happen. It's real. Yeah. So I don't think it's worth it making um, grand accusations or anything like that at this point because you just don't know. Yeah, obviously an interesting situation. We'll see if we'll get any more uh, information down the road, but uh, something we obviously wanted to talk about with the uh, uh, conference uh, implications and that kind of stuff. But all right, let's move on over now to the second quarter where we're joined by Nutria Boys basketball coach Scott Fricky. Fricky um, talked with Joe after the big super sectional win on Monday. Joe, what are folks at home going to hear? I think they're going to hear a little bit of exhausted relief from coach after that <laughs> victory. I blame um, him. Yeah, it's a relatively short interview, but you're just going to kind of hear um, what they're able to do and, and um, uh, against Libertyville and um, both on the offensive and defensive end. And um, yeah, well, we'll talk about Bennett a little bit, who they're going to play in the opening round of the state finals. All right, let's have a listen. You did it. Yeah. State, I mean, what's going through your mind right now? I mean, I, that was a stressful game. <laughs> you know, so I'm still like... I'm still, I'm still, I don't realize really what's going on, but I'm so proud of the kids. We, we made free throws down the stretch. It's not easy to play with the lead that we had and with, with a lot on the line. Yeah. 
and uh, we took care of the ball. We made free throws, and uh, you know now it's time to go to Champagne. What was you know a team you haven't seen a lot? It's been a while. You know, we played GBS. GBS. You know these teams. What was key against Libertyville? It, it was nice to play a team that doesn't know everything that you run, and we didn't know everything that they run. You know, it was more of a true basketball game instead of a grind it out kind of a game. Yeah. And I, I thought, you know, our guards did a great job pressuring their guards and not allowing them to get inside touches with their bigs. And uh, I thought, you know, Jake guards the six six and a half kid, you know, the whole game mm-hmm. and he couldn't move Jake. You yeah. know, Jake's strong kid. Yeah. Tough kid. Gets so. his leg in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was good that's what I was gonna ask. You know, you did a good job on Boone, you've done a good job on kind of star players a lot in the yeah. past couple of years. What's key to that for your defense? I mean we just five guys like it's not one guy that guards a guy, it's five guys that guard you know, a yeah. team. So there's gotta be there's gotta be people who are helping. Uh, he's gotta know that there's someone behind him and in front of him at all times. So it, it's just you know, it's something we worked a lot on out of our yeah. defense in the last couple of years and it's shown. You know Jake's gonna find a way to get his no matter what, but Ian had a good day, and Tyler did too. So, kind of depends on the day, but you seem to always have a guy or two that steps Ian up. Ian hit some huge shots. Yeah. You know, when we were losing the momentum, he hit a big three at the end. It was the third, third quarter. quarter. Yeah, that was a big shot. Um, you know, they, I, I thought everybody, I thought John came in and knocked a couple free throws down. You, and, you know, I thought everybody who came in, we had good options. And that's a tough team to guard because of their size. You know, we want to try to hold the ball, so do we go with our big, or do we go with a ball handler, but then we can't guard them on the other side. With yeah. this, you know, so it was. It's a tough game. They're a good team, well coached, and they didn't quit. That's Pro- for sure. Probably too early to ask about Bennett and what your thoughts there. I mean, they're the best team in the state. I've seen them play. We played against them this summer. They're they they've got every piece to the puzzle, and yeah. it, you know it's going to be a battle. But we're listen. Put us against anybody right now. We'll right. play it. Nice. Thank you, as always, Scott, for joining us. And thank you, as always, to each coach and players joining us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. Always good to get some other perspectives um, each and every week. So we always appreciate everyone's time. Um, All right, let's move on over to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. I throw out five propositions, and Joan and I argue or agree whether those five propositions can happen. Way or no way they cannot happen. All right, we're going to stick with Nutria Boys basketball here for a couple questions, Joe. Um, simple question here. Way or no way you're surprised that this team got this far? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll say surprised. I know I, you know, you might be surprised to hear that because I've been telling you since, uh, you've been on this, uh, you've been on this train for all season. I don't know. Like, I feel like when we were doing our season preview, you were the guy who was hyping this team. Oh, everyone that was like, I don't know if they're a top 25 team. Yeah, and I I said they're gonna they're they're gonna compete for the sectional and maybe win it. And then I did not I don't think I completely expected state though. That's um, if you would have told me they're sectional champs, okay, uh, not surprising. Um, just you know knowing the area landscape and as as good as I I knew that they could be, um, but they hit the ceiling in a lot of respects. Um, and they still got more to go. By the way, not taking anything away. You know that they're, they're not done. We got two more here, but. Um, they maximized a lot of, of what they could do, I think. And, and the guys that we didn't know um, or that I, I didn't know how they'd perform in these varsity situations, um, that's kind of what surprised me. And especially talking to Coach Fricky about it on the defensive end of the floor, too. This team defense, despite being smaller, didn't go anywhere. Still very strong. So I, I would say I am surprised, albeit my, mildly. I'd go the way. I mean, I, I, I'm not really ashamed to say that. I mean, this team lost a lot of talent from last year's team. They were really good. I mean, they were just, they, they, I don't know. I don't think it's that crazy to say that I didn't expect this team to go down to state. And um, especially after last year's team had such a, you know, strong season and it just fell short. But um, I mean, I'm not really surprised totally as to, after seeing what they were able to do throughout the season. I mean, I think the biggest credit is obviously the credit goes to the players um, you know, for making winning plays and to get to this moment. But I mean, the coaching staff just putting in all the hours of scouting and scouting has obviously became a really big thing um, in those GBS and GBN games where you talked about earlier, where everyone knew what everyone was running. Like everyone knew what the other team was running at that point where it kind of became crazy where it's like, all right, like, what are we going to run that they don't know? But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, I'm surprised that this team got this far just based on, what I thought the area would be able to do. I thought the other, you know, Rolling Meadows was really good. GBN was really good. 
Uh, GBS was really good. Evanston was really good, and they didn't have something to look down upon. But obviously, they're a five seed, and they lost to GBS in a regional final. So um, the sectional was packed, and I just thought the the road to getting down to the state would be really tough. But I mean, the Trevian showed just how good of a team they are by um, getting past everybody. So um, definitely, um, I'm going to go with no way, uh, way that I'm surprised that they got this far. Um, the second question kind of has an asterisk to it, where obviously I know we have two more games um, for this year's team to play. But, Joe, based on what we know right now, way or no way that this year's team is better than last year's team for New Jersey? <laughs> Good question. I, yeah, but their five versus their five, or uh, this year's five, I. I'm going to say no way. I, I really like last year's team. I think if it wasn't for GBS, this team is at state or last year. Um, I really think that. And um, so it, it's hard for me to say that, but they had five guys, who, I, I believe five, uh, who are playing college basketball right now. Um, or, you know, if you count Fegan, who will be uh, in that rotation. So, I, man, um it, it was such a good team last year, and they had uh, a little more um, size and um, a little more uh, flexibility with the lineup, although um, they've done a good job with the personnel this year. Um, they, they might have a little more ball hand. No, last year had a lot of ball handling. They bo- both years, I think a big key for them has been ball handling, if now that I think about it, um, from multiple parties. Um, I... I I might take last year still if, if it was a five on five game, but um, it's a, it's a minuscule margin. I think these questions are always funny to talk about, especially like, I feel like you get a lot of this in like college basketball where it's like you have this team who's really good all season. And then you have March madness that happens where it's like, well, this team made the sweet sweets, you know, the lead eight or the final four, but they were like, I don't know, second or third in the big 10 or whatever. Um, so I, I, I feel like these conversations are always interesting where it's like, the playoffs are just different from the regular season where it's kind of not, you know, obviously the better teams usually win, but I mean, there's some crazy stuff that happens all the time. So um, it's kind of hard to say just because this year's team got further along in the playoffs. That's the reason why this team is better than last year's team. I think I'm going to have to go with no way. Um, I think last year's team was better. I just think last year's team. And again, everything that this team has done this year is nothing to sneeze at or anything like that, or, the opponents that they faced, but I think last year's road to the state finals was much harder where you had a really strong GBS team. You had a really strong, like we talked about this earlier where or uh, a lot in the podcast where it's like GBS and new Trier both could have been final four teams that they were just playing against each other for a sectional final. So um, I'm going to go with no way. Um, I'm sure that probably means that this team's going to win the state title just to show us wrong again, but I, I'm just going to go with no way here. I think last year's team was better. Um, by I agree with you by a minuscule amount and um, it just happened this year where you know the bounce kind of rolled in this year's team's favor as opposed to last year I will say how about we say this is your mind changed if they beat Bennett Friday yes I it is it is definitely changed because I think (laughs) I think this Bennett team is better than GBS last year and I, I think this Bennett team is really good and so if they beat Bennett I mean how could you say that this year's team is not better you know what I mean yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to jump on over to hockey now. Third question here, Joe, way or no way uh, you think Loyola girls uh, hockey, and we'll talk about this more in next week's podcast as well, but uh, they have a chance to win a state title now as they uh, face off against Barrington next week. I love the way you phrase that. So yes, way they have a chance. Um, <laughs> I do, I do think uh, Barrington's the favorite. I mean, they've been dominant. I looked at, you know, while I was, um, Looking at their games and their schedule, just um, at the bracket, I checked out Barrington. Man, they've been dominant. They've beaten some teams by big margins, including Nutrier multiple times, and Loyola and uh, you know Fenway. They they're a very good team, and they just put a six spot. They won by five goals in in the semis. So Barrington's very good. I think they're favored. But how do you not like you know what Loyola is on a run here, and they beat Fenwick, and um, they're rolling in here with momentum and kind of a nothing nothing to lose um, attitude. And that always kind of gives you that edge in terms of uh, intensity and maybe they can use that to their advantage. So I give them a chance, but it's not favored. I'll go with way here. I mean, I'll, I'll hit the good vibes. I mean, I, I, I think the other thing kind of going back to that tournament talk that we talked about where it's like, especially in hockey, 
and you see a lot of this, and you see a lot of it in high school hockey, that puck luck plays a huge role in things, and obviously the better team usually wins. But, I mean, the way Loyola has been able to, you know, kind of limit opponents, they beat Maine 4-3 to three in their quarterfinal or whatever you want to call it, first-round matchup, and then uh, to hold down uh, Fenwick 4-2. to two. Um, It all takes a lot of puck luck, and it can happen where Loyola has one good day um, and is really able to take advantage of a Barrington maybe having a bad day. So I don't think it's out of the opportunity to do it. So I'm going to go with Way. I think Loyola girls has a chance. Um, we'll hit on this more next week. Um, do I think that's a high chance? I don't know. We'll obviously uh, hit on that a little bit later, but um, I do think that they have a chance. So I'll go with Way there as well. All right, Joe Nutrier Green is in the semifinals here. Um, they will face off against Stevenson tonight and then either play Loyola Gold or York for the state title. Um, way or no way you think the Nutrier Green is the easy favorite here to win a state title? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think uh, they're not, I don't I actually don't know if their record that I saw counts the postseason, but 28 and two. Uh, they've been really, really good against very, very good teams. We know they play the whole, uh, they go through the gauntlet here of good teams, and, and some of the good teams are really focused here on the North Shore from Loyola to GBN, uh, Stevenson, um, for instance. So, uh, yeah, I think they're the odds on favorite here, and I don't know if there's much debate. Yeah, I can't wait for this team question to be obsolete by the time this is published if they lose tonight. But I, I think that they are a pretty easy favorite. I mean, like you mentioned, the record is just insane. Um, I think that there's a lot of, you know, opportunities and a lot of great stuff. So, um, yeah, I'll go with the way there. I think they uh, definitely are the easy favorite to win uh, stage just based on what they've been able to do us already. I mean, they've won five. They've won five nothing. They won eight to two. They won five to two. I'm sure Stevenson will give them a little test here. I mean, Stevenson won eight to five against uh, Glenbrook North's number one team. Um, but I, I, I think that uh, Nutria Green is a heavy favorite here. So I'm going to go with Way. Uh, final Way or No Way question here, Joe. Uh, Loyola Gold played spoiler by taking down um, number two CGBS in the quarterfinals. Way or no way you think that GBS can do that again and play spoiler against York in their semifinal matchup tonight? Yes. Uh, I think Loyola's riding it, um, riding the wave, riding the momentum. Um, hockey, as you said, because of that um, that luck factor that's unique to the sport, um, momentum gets turned down. But because of the way they're playing, they're in every game, so they can be a benefactor of, of that puck luck. So I think – I think, yes, I think they do it and they keep it going. I think they're just, yeah, I'll go with Way here. I just think this team is hitting its stride right now. I mean, they beat Marmy in 5-1. to one, Then they beat uh, St. Bayer 3-2 to two in overtime. Then they beat GBS 2-1 to one in a close matchup. So you got to ride the hot hand, and it seems like Loyola Gold is hitting that, is, you know, really doing well right now. So I'll go with Way there, and uh, I'll agree. I think that uh, they have a chance to play spoiler, and I'll go with Way. All right. We're going to move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview um, some state action here. We'll preview mostly boys basketball since, uh, like we said earlier, um, hockey will be kind of uh, gone by the time we're done. Hopefully those way or no way predictions were good for you folks. But um, New Trier taking on Bennett um, at U of I State Bard Center in Champaign, 2.30 uh, on Friday uh, in the Class 4A semifinal Um Joe, we mentioned this earlier, but this Bennett team is uh, this Bennett team is good. And Fricky kind of talked about it earlier in the in the second quarter when we had our interview. Um, this Bennett team is just really fun, a really good team, and um, has really put together one of the its best seasons ever. I mean, they're thirty four and one. Um, they were sixteen and zero in the ESCC, so um, they faced some obviously good opponents there. Um, they have really done well throughout the year against some of the better teams um, in the state. And obviously their one loss was to Simeon. That was a 52 to 49 loss. That was really obviously close and uh, looked like uh, Bennett was going to play spoiler there and take down, um, you know, take down arguably the best team in the state. Um, but obviously Bennett can make that argument too. So um, a really tough matchup here, Joe, for Nutria, but um, as we kind of talked about earlier, at this point, anything kind of happened here in the state semifinals. Yeah, um, Bennett's really good. Um, they've got just a full, sturdy, robust lineup, you know, uh, as Coach Fricky put it, all the pieces. So they just have one of those lineups where they got everybody. And 
the th- the three point loss to Simeon um, um, is is their only blemish, and how can you fault them for that? You know, Simeon's been number one; they've been number two all season. They played a big schedule. They've beaten Joliet West and Bloom and uh, uh, Marion Catholic a couple times. Who's a very good team. Uh, Maris is good. Um, so just they've beaten everybody. You know, I found it interesting that Geneva gave them a really good game. Um, yeah, sectional final. And so I think, you know, I, I don't know much about that game other than reading, you know, so can Nutrier look at some of that tape and mimic some of that stuff? I have a feeling it has a lot to do with um, knowing each other, you know, being from the same area, playing each other a lot and similar to what GBN, GBS did to Nutrier. Um, it's going to be hard for Nutrier to do that since they don't play a team like Bennett very often. Um, but they're going to have to pull something. And, you know, I think the key here. Uh, is that defense has to be on point, which I have less um, worry about than maybe anything else. I mean, defense is defense, right? They know how to play. They know how to play together. It's not really going anywhere. They're not all of a sudden going to give up 80 points, in in my opinion. Um, Shooting, it just – I think it has to be on. I don't think you're going to win going – you know, four for 20 from three. I I just don't think that can happen. You got to – you got to hit at least 45%, 40% you know, or more of your three pointers to be in this ball game and give yourself a shot down the stretch um, because you're going to shoot them. Um, uh, I think that's because of the multitude of guys in Nutri's roster that can shoot them. I think that's one of the advantages they're going to bring to the court is um, anybody really can. So you get somebody open, I think you're going to have to maybe give a little looser green light than normal. Um, but that, that's me starting to get into it and, and having a discussion with myself. Um, it's going to be a really tough uphill battle. Bennett, Bennett is legit. Yeah. I, I previewing this game, I am kind of drawn to go back to the question that I've asked all year about this new team. And that's whether this team can beat the elite. And, you know, obviously that's not GBN is really good. Rolling Meadows is really good. GBS is really good. Those are really good teams. And Libertyville was really good too. But the, can they beat these elite teams, these, um, you know, the Bennett's, the Simeons, the um, the best of the best teams? And that's where I'm still kind of curious to know where um, I thought it was great that Nutria was able to win those games against GBN and GBS. But, I mean, GBN was able to really disrupt Nutria pretty easily in the first half there. And, um, and it, it kind of goes back to what you talked about earlier. If GBN doesn't stall and kind of go away from what he usually runs, who knows if Nutria kind of gets back in that game. So how, how confident are you that this team against one of the best teams in the state can, you know, not score a point in the first quarter and not, you know, kind of get bullied out of its offense that it wants to run? Yeah, I mean, similar, you know, we got to remember that they just beat Libertyville who was on a, a long winning streak. I think I, I found out they were 26 and two since like December 6th. Um, that was an elite team that they took down handily is not the right word, but they were in control of that ball game as we talked about. So I think what's different between Nutria now and, and early in the season, remember those games in the, in the Pontiac tournament, they lost to bloom and they lost to um, Curie where they had a chance to win. They were up in the second half or they were within striking distance most of the second half and they just couldn't get there. And then we see it now and they figured it out. And I I, I think they they win those close games. Now, Bennett, you're not going to be able to fall in a hole. I don't think like you did against GBN, um, for instance. Um, But Bennett's not also going to guard you like you're going to, although very good, they're going to guard you tough. It's not going to be easy, but I still think it's not going to be as physical or as uh, disruptive as the teams, you know, so having that little bit of air and room to move around a little bit, that's how Nutria wants to play on the offensive end, a little more um, open and uh, free flowing. And that's going to open some things and they got to hit their shots when they're there and they've got to, um, uh, super cliche and uh, captain obvious over here is they got to um, limit second chance, just, just one possession and out, you know, one and done. They got to do that, which means they have to be key on the boards, uh, which I know Bennett with their length and, and their talent difficult to do. How, so we've talked about this new chair defense and, you know, it was very good and um, really showed off against Libertyville, especially, but I mean, what does this defense need to do um, against this Bennett team where, Bennett has obviously a lot of great scores. They've got three 
Um, three guys who've scored over um, 300 points this season already, uh, close to 400. They've got, um, obviously, Brady. Uh, Kunka is uh, 451. Uh, you know, Braden, uh, Fagbemi. Um, so there are a lot of great players on this team. So what does this defense need to do in order to eliminate some of them or at least, you know, stop those threats? They just need to keep playing how they're playing, which is team defense, very um, very help-oriented. They switch all the time, stay on that. Um, they've got guys who can guard because of their size and, and athleticism, multiple positions um, from Jake to Feller, Ian Brown when he comes in. Those guys can all switch each other's guys. Colby Smith can guard bigger guys. The only guy who really can't is you don't want Evan Canellos against a post. Evan Canellos is just – uh, not not tall enough uh, for the, for that job, but he can guard you know bigger guards, um, which he's shown he can do. So, um, he I mean he guarded Cam Christie by the way. Um, if we want to remember that game, uh, Evan Canales did. So, <clears throat> I think they just need to kind of keep doing what they're doing. They're very good at closing out on the perimeter. Uh, I'd like to see him not get in the air. They got it in, in the air, as in you know jumping for ball fakes or, or on closeouts a little too much against Libertyville. Uh, literally got some easy baskets because of that you know stay down stay controlled um but they just kind of they surprise you because you work the ball around and you think you got to look if you rotate it twice and they pop out really controlled really great closeout and you don't have the shot that you thought you shot so i think in that way they're able to take teams out of their their offense and they just got to make sure that's on point joe um what what is your you know one key to the game like new chair needs to do this if it wants to pull off i don't want to say upset but i mean you know if they want to make it to the state championship game what is this one essential thing that they need to do in order to do that i would say like monday they need a secondary score or tertiary or third you know third leading score in double digits i mean preferably both um, you don't want to, you know, you get a Jake Fegan 17, 19, 25 point game, but your next leading score is at eight. And maybe you have two guys at eight. I don't think that gets it done for you. I think we need somebody, whether it's, and they got a couple guys that can, Ian or Logan or, or um, Colby, or, or even Evan has shown that recently um, to get to 10, to get to 14, 15 points and Tyler, maybe um, that diversity of their offense, just so you're, you're, you're taking a little pressure off Jake, and that's going to help your whole offense run more smoothly. They're not going to be able to clog the lane as much. They're not going to be able to – you know, things are just going to open up completely. So I think the key – because I trust the defense more, I think the key on the offensive end is to get somebody else, preferably two people, but at least somebody else going. All right, Joe, uh, let's play hypothetical here. Um, obviously, either Nutria is going to play a second game here, whether it's for a championship or for uh, um, a, a state title. And I'm really interested in both Moline and Downers Grove North. Downers Grove North on Monday um, when they demolished Kenwood by 30 points and they just made so many three-pointers and just looks like a team of destiny right now. But mm -hmm. play a team like Moline, um, Moline, who surprisingly has been – really stout this year. They lost to Wisconsin team at the beginning of the year. They lost to Mount Carmel um, pretty handily, 67 to 40 or 74 to 61. Sorry. Um, and they lost to Simeon by a point, 67 to 66. Um, both Moline, I mean, Downers Grove North can shoot your threes and um, Moline from what I saw was able to kind of, you know, run the ball and um, kind of hit you where they need to. So based on what, obviously we don't know these teams great, uh, you know, the best, but, what can Nutria expect from either Moline or Downers Grove North? And you know, what, whether they're playing in the state title game or whether they're playing for the third place trophy. Yeah, I can't wait to to be honest to watch all these teams because um haven't seen Moline and you know, in our little, you know, suburban bubble, not many people have because mostly right. they're out that way. And and of course they come here to to play the top talent, which is awesome, or top talent goes there. But they're from everything I've heard, they're unbelievable. And obviously we've seen the clips, but to watch them play something really special and I can't wait to do it. Um, so I think if you were to rank them, I think it'd, it'd probably be Bennett and Molina are the favorites. But as you said, Downers Grove coming in that hot and team of destiny. Sure. Call them that um, took down Hinsdale central um, took down Kenwood um, that that's, they, they seem like it could be it. So rock meet hard place in that game. And I, I'm interested to see how that goes. 
Um, but against Downers Grove North, I think you're going to see some height and some shooting that maybe um, you haven't seen too much of. And but Nutriers, I'm telling you, they're they're good with shooting teams. Um, they're able to contain them really well. Um, they have trouble sometimes with transition defense. But in kind of that half-court defense, teams trying to set up their shooters, Nutria's pretty good. So um, I think that would be a really good matchup for them. Um, if it happens to be Moline, I think they're, again, in for a challenge with two extremely high-level scorers. I think th- – are they both going to Iowa? Is that it? Um, yeah. Yeah, and two Big Ten, Big Ten guys. Um, um, not going to be hard to stop and uh, kind of a – um, double trouble that I don't think Nutria has faced either. Um, I don't no teams kind of face those two that a two headed monster like that. Um, so that's going to provide a challenge for anybody. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see it all play out. I think it's going to be really good. And, and so if we were to go into it, I, I think Nutria is the underdog with Downers Grove North. Um, but um, hey, we're at this point in the season where there's four teams left. Every team had to do something spectacular. Um, to get here and uh, they earn their spots. Um, if it wasn't in the most recent game, it was in a previous game, but they earn their spot here. Um, so I think, you know, you get a couple bounces this way or that way. And, and you, any team's capable of winning any of these, you know, those three games this weekend. So uh, four games, I'm sorry. It's going to be awesome. I'm really pumped. All right, Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is happening in Champaign this weekend? What uh, place does Gutierrez finish in? I think Nutria finishes in third. Um, I do. I think they um, are going to give Bennett a hell of a game that maybe Bennett's not going to expect, but I do think Bennett has a, the edge in multiple categories here um, that that are going to allow them to prevail um, and uh, kind of outlast Nutria, if you will. Um, and um, But I do think Nutria's got this resiliency and this grit factor, as they like to call it, mean um on the court um that's going to allow them to bounce back in that third place game and really be themselves and not carry that loss should they lose with them um but man i like bennett how do you not like bennett and what they've done this year it's a, such a good team um so playing the odds this year but i do hope that if any nutrier um players or coaches listen uh they write this out on a piece of poster and uh tape it to their their locker or something and say uh we're going to prove that a-hole wrong. So I hope that happens. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'm going to agree with you there. I don't – Bennett is just at a different level right now. I mean, they're just playing so well. And I, I don't want to compare – I don't think – they're not Glenbard West of last year. I think that Glenbard West team was just a completely different team and, like, had so much elite talent. But, like, this Bennett team is kind of hitting that same, you know, where momentum where, like, they've just dominated this entire season and their lone blemish – is a one or a few point loss to the number one team state or num- number one team in the state. So, um, and with everything that I've seen from Nutria, Nutria has won those games. Yes, they've won the sectional final. They've won the sectional semifinal. They won the super sectional. But man, they get into holes sometimes. And against a team like Bennett, that just becomes too much, I think, to overcome. And no matter how many three pointers you get from Ian Brown or JP. And so I, I, I think that I think Nutria loses to Bennett in the state semifinals. Um, and I think they probably play, man, I don't know what to do with this Moline Downers Grove North (laughs) game. That game, just watching Downers Grove North play and the confidence, they shoot the three so well. They like are not scared to shoot the three. Um, so I can see either team there and that'll be a tough team for Nutria as well. So, um, I, I think Nutria probably gets a third place trophy. Wouldn't be surprised for a fourth place trophy. Um, they're obviously going to, I think, play Friday night. So, um, yeah, I think Nutria won't beat Bennett, but they have the potential to beat either Downers Grove North or Moline um, in that third-place match. But uh, regardless of what happens, I agree with what you said earlier. It should be great basketball um, all weekend in Champaign. That starts on Thursday night. But um, for Class 3A and 4A, that's on Friday um, afternoon. And then they got the third-place matches on Friday night. Um, but it should be a lot of great basketball and a really great way to end the basketball season here in the state of Illinois. Absolutely. I'll be there for the Friday game. So, All right. So uh, Nutrier plays Friday afternoon. Uh, Bennett, that's a 2.30 game. Um, I don't think there's any games before that, so I don't think that should be delayed based on previous games, but maybe there are. 
Um, if Nutura were to win this game and advance to the state championship game, the state championship game is on Saturday at 7.15 at the State Farm Center. If Nutura loses uh, their semifinal game, they play the loser of Dunders Grove North and Moline at approximately 8.45 on Friday night. So um, just for your uh, planning purposes there. But a lot of great stuff to look forward to. And like Joe mentioned, he'll be down in Champaign. So make sure you're keeping up with the record North Shore um, for the latest and everything you need to know for the videos, for the uh, uh, photos, and obviously for the stories, make sure you're keeping up with the record North Shore um, org for all your state uh, coverage. But that's everything that we got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you give us a nice sort of view. We always appreciate everybody's support. <laughs> Um, make sure you're checking out my stuff at FridayNightDrive.com. We've got some recruiting coming on. Um, obviously, this Main South story, um, they will keep you updated on that front. So uh, make sure you're checking out our stuff at FridayNightDrive.com. And as always, check out the RecordNorthShore.org. Make sure you donate and subscribe, not only for your Nutria Boys basketball coverage and sports coverage, but for everything else in this uh, area. Um, Joe's got you covered uh, like none other. And obviously, next week, we've got spring sports starting I think we got eight inches of snow coming on Friday, so we'll see how much uh, how much that plays a factor into things. But the spring season is almost here, so we'll obviously talk about that in the coming weeks. But for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.